into episode 192 of Keithness Craft Collective. I'm Louise and today I've got a play there with thistles, what's a crack, a very interesting interview with show sponsor Angela of Scotch Tweed, swap section, review section with a new magazine called Your Crochet and Knitting and a me 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 section. This episode is kindly sponsored by my lovely lovely friend Angela. Scotch Tweed is a small family textiles firm based in the Scottish borders. Run by Angela with a huge amount of technical and know-how support from her dad, Gerald. I met him. They have a wealth of experience in the weaving and textile trade, over 58 years to be exact. Their aim is to bring top-quality tartan and tweed fabric, along with other Scottish goods and apparel, including Highland Wear, to their customers at the best possible value. Angela's happy to speak to anyone at any time in regards to their requirements. If you cannot see what you're looking for on their website, please give her a call. The number is on the website as www.scotchtweed.co.uk and is a UK free phone number. All links are with the show notes, so get your cup of tea or your dram and I'll let you know what it cracks been in Keithness this month. Now for the blather. The blather. Back to the thistles. Thistly in nature and thistly because I've been doing a lot of weeding. <laughs> Today I'm going to talk about something that's been getting worse in the yarn industry recently. Trolling. We have spam bots stealing people's content on Instagram, some copying of colourways of dyers and MAGA keyboard warriors. Out of this we have found Knitting Paladins, a huge fundraiser in the Tits Collective and now me with my superhero cape on. Out of the noise and the darkness of the worst side of human nature we are finding out that the craft industry has indeed some wonderful human beings in it who are blasting a rainbow that Thor would be getting confused if he's to use it or the actual Bifrost. Recently, Trump came to the UK. There were protests, as he's not popular here. Some of the yarny industry people attended the protest and have since received abusive messages from trolls. There's been an outcry of don't talk about politics and knitting from those that disagree with the protests. We want to escape the darkness and we don't want to hear about from you or see it on your pictures. This is what I say to those that cry out. I want that myself. In the midst of horror, I want to look at pictures of puppies or fluffy yarn, but I'm a practical person and I'm a realist, and I'm not going to pretend it's not happening. We can't just look at puppies as Rome burns, or there'll be no place for the puppy to grow up. Politics is all around us anyway. When I started listening to podcasts, we had the most wonderful and very much missed Hoxton Handmaid, who I wish she'd start up again. She never shied away, and I thought when I started, neither would I. I have over the years pointed out where things are unjust and I will carry on. As Desmond Tutu said, if you're neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. If an elephant has its foot on the tail of the mouse and you say that you are neutral, the mouse will not appreciate your neutrality. Thank you to Louise Tilbrook for reminding me of this great quote and a great man. I can see the man smiling as he says it. Or maybe afterwards because it does have quite a lot of power that quote. Before you think I'm just American bashing, I would like to point out I really liked America and its people when I visited it. In fact, the people that were the reason that I went over to be in the first place. And I want to be a mixture of Twinsett Aylin, Twinsett Jan and Knitting Pipeline Paula at all points in time when it comes to yarn. But in baskets of eggs, there are the odd rotten ones. Like here, there's fools of tooks. We have some absolute screamers or wallopers, as we see in Scotland and the UK. And for there to be abuse there would be wrong too. And this is as abhorrent as some of them are. Jacob Rees-Mogg. I'm looking at you and your pals. I don't like them either. It's no secret I don't like Trump. I don't like his politics. I don't like him as a person. When he mocked the disabled women, people from other countries, he's validated the normality of this from his position of power. I see no goodness or kindness in him. And from a worldwide perspective... He signed out of the Paris Climate Agreement and then the Ivory Trade and he's looked inwards and opened up the worst of humanity. I think he read 1984, Animal Farm, The Handmaid's Tale and picked out the worst bits to be. 
He hasn't read Terry Pratchett, as in I Shall Wear Midnight. The old baron says, After my dear wife passed on, she was the only person left who would dare argue with me. A man of power and responsibility, nevertheless, needs somebody to tell him if, when he is being a bloody fool. Trump has forgotten this. He said the UK people love him. Not even the Queen liked him, and she's not allowed to have opinions. Walking in front of the Queen, I ask you. It's not fake news, it's just downright lies. So there were protests, people attended, and what abuse they got. OK, so we can agree to disagree. We used to be able to do this without the abuse and vitriol that has been spouted. To me, it's like knitting a cardigan of cables. When it's going well, it's going to look absolutely fabulous. And then Trump comes along and the cable's twisted the wrong way. You could either take it out or read and redo it, or you can leave it in right at the front. That wrongly crossed cable will be forever there and everybody will be able to see the consequences of it. Now these are my opinions and this is my stance. You obviously have your opinion and your stance. And you may agree with Trump's America, which you are perfectly entitled to. What we both need to agree on is that we can have a debate and end up in different stances. But I will not tolerate abuse online or otherwise in this respect. The crafty industry has been our place of escape from Rome burning. And whilst it's good for our soul to be working on that cable cardigan, how much will it rankle us if we do not uncross that wronged cable? My moral compass tells us to put it right. So I hope that your kindred spirits can follow. Now, time for the giggle. Here's the Sandy and Daisy giggle. <laughs> What's he crack, Citrin? What's he crack? Well, I've just seen an interesting post by Yarnistry who pointed out that at Five Year East, I think it was, and some other shows that she's attended to with her partner, he has been treated with great disrespect in the fact that he's a man. He gets referred to as Mr Yarnistry and asked what he's doing at the show amongst other amongst other disparaging comments. Wow, our lovely cosy woolly world is not as lovely and cosy now, is it? I then thought, like I said, there are fools of tooks here. And then I thought, I know I have in the past called people's partners as Mr Insert Business here. And for that I apologise and I won't do it again. Part of it was ignorance on the person's name and part was because the person's business is then double highlighted. But the earnestly pointed out that if the situation was a woman and not a man, then it would be a very different story. So, yep, yeah, I'm not going to be doing that again. Men are awesome. I really like the men in my house, be they little or dog-shaped or the one that's going out running just now. It's good to treat everybody equally. If that starts by not calling somebody that, then that's what we'll do. After last episode, a few of you told me your deodorant bars without aluminium in them, so thank you very much. I was very kindly gifted a bar of deodorant by Isla of Brit Yarns, now daughter of a shepherd fame of Orkney Organics Deodorant. And this is tea tree and lavender. I absolutely love it. I smell so fresh in these hot days of summer 2018. Can you mind six years ago now... When we had the London 2012 opening ceremony and life was good and we liked each other. (laughs) The summer's been dry and even quite warm up here. Today it was 22. The Bairns have been out and about a lot. We had a great holiday in Ireland. We are going back at some point and we will take our new-to-us caravan, who is called Heidi, and as she is a Heimer make. I'm sitting in her right now talking to you and you might hear the birdies tweeting and the wind whistling past the window that I forgot to shut so I had to come back in. I thought I might get a bit of peace and quiet in here and no drippy tap and no buckle rattling over the floor. Oh, buckle loves it. This is Buchel's crib now because he comes in and hops up on the bed over there and it's just he'd happy to spend all day in here. So we're looking forward to many adventures in her. So on a holiday we went to Belfast, which I felt really at home there. It, to me it felt like Glasgow and well, we went to the Titanic Museum, ran through the Game of Thrones studio area, like actually literally ran through by mistake. Oops. We did the open top bus tour and also in Dublin and the Belfast one had live commentary and she was awesome. 
We went, drove down to Dublin to stay at a campsite, but we were in our tent. I kept saying, oh, I'd love it if we had Heidi here. And it was really great campsite. Camac, it was called the Camac campsite, which was really good. The Bairns were out play parking at half past seven in the morning before breakfast. We went to Dublin Zoo, which as zoos go, was really good. Not too huge a complex to walk to round in, a, in the heat, but the animals all had roomy and interesting areas, and they were my favourite animals, not looking too sad or bored, which is kind of why I don't frequent zoos very often. The elephants, they had a Roman bath area which went down, and what fun the baby elephants were having, it was just brilliant. And then there were sloths, one was eating an apple and dropped it, and it went, oops, I've just dropped my apple. I'll just try and pick up this avocado. I know because I watched it for a while trying to get a photograph of its lovely, lovely face. Didn't really get a lovely, lovely face, but it was kind of funny. <laughs> Poor wee things. It was really lovely. It was a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. In Dublin city centre, I'm not just going to go through my entire holiday. There was a point, a woolly point to this. I went to This Is Knit Yarn Shop and I spoke to the lovely ladies, Lisa and Jenny, who run the shop along with her family member, Jackie. She'd been put home to get peace to do the paperwork, which I was told. So I introduced myself and had a really lovely gas about how woolen the festival went and their plans for next year, which is going to be the 14th and 15th of June at a venue near the airport. It's a really lovely shop, uh, this is knit. I recommend you go along. They had a good mixture of Irish yarns and notions and patterns, and outside was a cafe, and I don't think that the children stayed there too long, because also in that complex there was a lift, which they spent a little bit of time going up and down and in, if I if I had been outside I would have told them off however I, I do recommend the lovely shop just really nice I bought mum and Angela a present and myself some and I got myself some knitting blogger blocks and a skein of townhouse yarns of their tits collective if I want exposure I'll get my silk drawers which is 50% merino and 50% silk we also went a bit off the beaten track of the motorway to visit the Battle of Boyne Visitor Centre to compare and contrast to Culloden. Sandy said that theirs was bigger but as good. I thought that was quite kind of them. I liked the laser show of the battle and they had a really lovely walled garden where the lavender was in full bloom and the bees were very, very busy. And it was just so nice. Just standing there, taking a moment to remember the reason that we were there in the first place and to stand and watch the bees be in there. I just, I'd actually recorded a bit. I've not put it on Instagram yet, but it's something that I sometimes go back and I just watch the bees, and they've got the lovely bee noise and the smell of the lavender. It was really, really nice. We also went to Dundalk and the wee town of Black Rock and all the harbours in between. On our way home, we went and collected Buchel from Angela, who had kindly been looking after him. She showed me her warehouse <laughs> this year, and I saw all her Highland wear, Highland apparel, and aforementioned stuff from the sponsor advert. So I recorded the following. You know what I'm going to say to you? Like, I don't know. Be fine. <laughs> right, hi, Angela. Hi, Louise. This is my podcast sponsor, Angela of Scotch Tweed. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm fine. I, well, I'm very fine because we are standing in a wonderful place. Would you like to explain where I am just now? You are in my fabric storeroom, oh. <laughs> which currently has upwards of 700 metres of tweed and about the same in tartan. Wow. On the shelves. It's beautiful. There's some just gorgeous, gorgeous material in here. And if anybody wants it, where can they get it? From Scotch Tweed. www.scotchtweed.co.uk Awesome. What's your favourite tweed in here? Well, right now, it's my new stuff. Mm -hmm. The stuff that we that I designed, along with Dad, and we, we got woven from yarn that we cleared from our warehouse. Mm -hmm. So we had, I don't know, something like... I don't know, 400 kilos, 500 kilos of, of yarn. Could even have been more. It was a lot. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of yarn. So we then worked out sort of 
like a common warp and then change the wefts, different patterns, different colours, and I'm, I'm really pleased with it. Really oh, pleased with it. I don't remember seeing the pinky one. Do you know? And the purple one. Um, I, just a traditional herringbone. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, eight and eight herringbone. Uh huh. I'll take a photo of this, listeners. And then there's this beautiful, beautiful teal. I would say depth. probably teal, teal blue Ooh. with a pink and yeah. a bright pink and a bright purple overcheck. Ah, that's. Um, just... And they're they're all kind of herringbone based, mm-hmm. which I think is really nice. I like a herringbone. Where did you get that woven? Um, it's actually in Yorkshire. We've got a commission weaver in Yorkshire, mm-hmm. um, in Millsbridge, which yeah. is Huddersfield, um, Alan Batley. So he he weaves for us. This is like British, isn't it? All British, <gasps> British wool, British designed, British woven, British finished because it was all finished. Um, half of it was finished in Yorkshire and half was finished in Galashiels. When you say finish, what do you mean? When they take the cloth comes off the loom, it needs to be darned, which is done by the there's like specialist girls or usually girls who will have a wee look for faults in the material. They'll take the knots to the back, they'll check it all over, oh, wow. and it then goes to the finishers. So it's then washed, pressed, the cloth becomes the finished article. Oh, I never knew that. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a lot of work. Yes. Wow. So, um, so what we've got here, I mean, there's, there's, I think there's something like, I think there's about 200 metres just in this lot here. Oh, this is gorgeous. I've, I've got some at home and. It started raining now, so I can get back to the sewing. Yes, you can. <laughs> Everybody's been loving the hot weather. Me, not so much, mm. because no one's crafting. No, we're not. Get to the sewing machines, people. Yay. <laughs> um, what, what's your patchwork down here? What's that? It's all short pieces that we basically take random selections from, cut up and sell as our patchwork bundles. Oh. Tens, bundles of tens, fifteens and twenties. So mm-hmm. we slowly work our way through it, because the way that Dad buys, my dad loves to buy stock. And the way that he buys is he doesn't cherry pick. He'll go, if somebody's got something to sell, he'll go and he'll say, right, we'll just take it all. And then we work our way through it mm-hmm. that way. So we get the best price. So I can bring, that's how my prices are good. Mm-hmm. Plus, we didn't have a lot of overheads, but a small company. Mm-hmm. Um, the new stuff is all up on the website. Yeah. It's all there. It's, it, I think it'll be under exclusive designer range or something. And how much is it a metre? Twenty nine ninety nine a metre. It's on the website. So that's your tweeds, mm-hmm. and will we move on to the tartans? Yeah, well, I've got, we have a wide range of tartans. Now, obviously, you can't stock every tartan. Even the likes of Lockharen mm. didn't have every tartan in stock. In fact, right at this moment, Lockharen have no Royal Stuart. Do they not? No. Do they, they don't have Bruce either? No. So, listeners, I'm sorry, I was <laughs> going to make you Bruce things, but I can't. But we will get you Bruce. It's, it's in the loomers at the moment. Oh, is it? Seemingly, yes. All oh, right. Okay. Um, so we've got a really nice range of... Um, lamb's wool mm-hmm. tartan cloth so instead of the worsted cloth which is a smoother cloth this is lamb's wool and it's lovely for dressmaking it really is mm-hmm. um, that's on the website mm-hmm. all this is on the website and then we've got all your range so you've got your 10 ounce spring weight you've got 13 ounce and you've got heavyweight 16 ounce and various things all in amongst it all Right, well, you're talking about different ounces. What would they all be for? Right, right well, ten, a 10 ounce is what we call a lightweight tartan, and that's what you would make um, a skirt, for example, or I would make maybe waistcoats, right. um, any kind of apparel, trousers, like dress trousers, right. skirts, wee, wee waistcoats. You can, you can make a kilt from 10 ounce, but because it's lighter, it doesn't hold the pleats the same. Right. Medium weight, 30 ounce. That is my favourite weight for a kilt. Mm-hmm. It's not as heavy as a 16 ounce heavy weight, which can be really quite onerous to wear because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. But you get a really nice sharp look on a kilt on a 30 ounce. The pleats hang really, really nicely. It's just a really nice cloth. It's my favourite. I would say that that should be your go-to. Everybody for a while wanted heavy weight. I, I reckon if it was maybe a trend, I'm guiding all my customers back to using... 13 ounce mm. um, it's just it's a lovely weight and then you've got your 16 ounce which is almost like a military weight so you can have your heavyweight kilt or use it for really hard wearing upholstery oh, yeah. great for it mm-hmm. um, all worsted tartan is great for upholstery but the obviously the heavier the weight aye. the more robust it is uh-huh. but the rougher it is if you, ha- if you feel the 10 ounce aye. really smooth and then you can feel the difference yeah you can and then you come down and, like I mean, I, I don't know what you would, how you would feel. I would rather have that wrapped around my bum than that. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, with a podcast, the listeners can't see what I'm talking about. <laughs> but when she says wrapped around your bum, men's bum, men's bum, men's yeah. bum, because they yeah. don't wear pants underneath their kilt no. or knickers. You know, and it, you know, it, it's not the smoothest. 
neither are mine. Well, this is true. <laughs> Never thought of that. <laughs> now, I was actually drawn to this lovely set here. Do you want to sort of tell the listeners about this? That's your um, Highland dancing tartans. Mm-hmm. So what we've got here, we've got a, a dress blue Rona. There's a green canna. So you know how you see the, the girls doing their Highland dancing competitions and they've got the nice velvet waistcoats and their dancing kilts. That's the kind of stuff that that's made from. Mm-hmm. It's quite a different... They're bright tartans, aren't they? Yeah, I, there's a lot, always a lot of white in them. Mm-hmm. That's another one there. Some of them are... Um, blue dress Rona. Some of them are really nice. Some of them are... Not so. Wow. Yeah. But they're very striking when they're worn and being danced around absolutely I, I love this one uh, that's yeah. that's a grey highlander so it's like a black and grey yeah um, grey on black check that's for kilt, for a kilt eye that, that's actually a 16 ounce but it's mm. it makes a lovely kilt mm-hmm. there is a trend for sort of subtle kilts rather than the traditional clan yeah kilts uh-huh. and um your tweeds as well the different weights for the tweeds you're again that you would have a lighter weight maybe like a round about almost like a 10 ounce weight um, right up to really heavy weight. Mm-hmm. So, Harris Tude, for example, is quite heavy. That's silk. Oh, silk yeah. tartan. You've got a range of silk. Well. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. Lovely. Yeah, I actually don't think that's up for sale up on the market yet. Maybe we should get that up. We should. <laughs> Listeners, heard it here first. <laughs> right, Angela, this is just the fabric store. We've been in the wool store. Yes. And we found some interesting things in there. There's a lot of yarn in the wool store mm-hmm. that, for knitting and crocheting that's mm. not yet on the website that will be soon get there is the yarn i bought from you at the retreat it's there yes and then there was some cotton for crocheting Mm -hmm. which is quite interesting some cotton for knitting yeah and then there was mostly british though wasn't it it's all british all of it all of it's all british wow yeah um again it was almost like a a a mill clearance we Uh went to, it was mainly from Yorkshire uh-huh. um, we went to the yarn guy um, David Field and we just bought a whole load, we used to have a shop you see yeah. my brother used to run the shop, he went back to the motor trade, oh. didn't like it <laughs> <laughs> um, so we had we, we had sort of like a knitting and, a knitting section mm-hmm. so we had all, all that and that, this is me now slowly working my way back through the stock mm-hmm. to get it up, up on the mm-hmm. website mm-hmm. so yeah uh, there's a fair bit. and there was also my favourite Rupert Bear scarves. So if you are in the market for a Rupert Bear scarf, Angela, Angela has them. Nine, nine, nine. They're awesome, <laughs> and they'll just make you smile. Yes. Because I reckon that'll be the next thing they'll make. Because they've redone Paddington. Yeah, they, they could do a redo Rupert. That would be awesome. Ah, Rupert, Rupert the Bear. Right, Angela. Thank you. It has been awesome again. And hopefully the listeners will go and search you down a bit more. And if they're looking for anything in particular, especially when it comes to tartans, you know, everyone's yeah. like, have you got such and such tartan? Just phone me or drop me an email because mm-hmm. I can get you any tartan you want. As long as it's on the loom. As long as it's on the loom. Eventually it'll get, come off the loom. Yeah, yeah. So you might just have to wait, but it's fine. And she's got lovely customer service. Thank you, Angela. You're welcome. Oh, Angela. Oh, it was such a lovely couple of days. Um, much love to you Malcolm I hope that Harris and Holly are being good and your lovely mum and dad and your poor slave Linda she's awesome there's such a lovely team we were like I wish we lived closer so you could work for me and I could work for you and it would be awesome that's what she said <laughs> she'd probably get fed up she is very good she tells me if I'm being a fool which sometimes I am and my favourite thing was she has Rupert Bear scarves. So if any of you need a Rupert Bear scarf, just hunt down Scotch Tweed. Just brilliant. And then I got I came away with a metre of some of her Angela's tweed. It's just so nice. And if it was maybe a different colour, I was going to make something for Heidi, but everything in Heidi is colour-coordinated. And I can't feel yet that I can go out with colour coordinated uh, teals and greens it's lovely but I'm going to make something with the tweed I haven't quite decided yet although I do know I need a cushion for my rocking chair anyway my old wifey I've got a rocking chair it's a remnant from when the babies were little you need a cushion now I have every intention of making a full range of bits and pieces of project bags and DPN holders 
and notion pouches with Angela's tweed once maybe the parents have gotten fed up with me being in the house or, or maybe just when they've gone back to school I think actually because we're getting through the holidays and we've got some plans yet to go. Also what's a crack we have some exciting news this is from Vintage and Stitches she is going to start thesis yarns uh, it's going to be a leap of faith for her she's going to be dyeing yarns inspired by literature and classic films she has a soft spot for Ealing comedies and other films of that era. Literature-wise, she's been working on a few skeins inspired by Alice in Wonderland. So she's hoping to have everything ready for mid-August and posting to her Instagram account at Thesis Yarns with more accurate updates. So, well, it'll be interesting for us that like to have their yarn named after things. Like me. All the best to you. The review section. The review section. I was asked if I'd like to review Your Crochet and Knitting Magazine, which is a new magazine from Practical Publishing. So I said yes. This would cost £8.99 and in it you'll get a kit of 6 times 25 grams of acrylic, some bamboo needles, a crochet hook, a bokeh needle, black thread and a booklet on crochet and knitting in easy steps plus the magazine. So all you basically would need is scissors. I suppose you could get away with that. There's 39 patterns and the magazine has 66 pages. It felt thinner than the other magazines, plus more expensive at 8 99 but I think it's one of these you-don't-need-anything-else magazines. It's like one of the packs. You get them with card-making as well, and every now and again you treat yourself because you know you're going to get 60 cards and you don't have to buy anything else at all colour coordinates. This is a magazine you'd buy at the supermarket for the pattern you like on the front cover. First impression was, wow, this is bright in the eyes. The colours they've gone for are unicorn white, meadow green, which is not quite lime but not far off it, vibrant plum, lagoon blue, sunshine yellow and princess pink. I read them out because you kind of would need to know that. It's all the colours of Mr. Main and Little Miss and that's the main pattern for the kit. So maybe I would see that and go, oh, I really need to knit the Mr. Main. And you got your yarn there. What I liked was that the patterns for these are half in knitting and half in crochet. Then the rest of the magazine is giving you alternative patterns for the yarn. By page 56, my eyes were ready for some pastel colours. I was to the stage of going, don't like that pattern, don't like that pattern, don't like that pattern. Nope, don't like that pattern. And then I saw the baby cardigan on page 56, in the kit colours, and flicked over the page and went, oh, that's better. Some alternative softer colours and thought, ah, my eyes have had too much of the same colours. So I went back through the patterns, looking at the possibilities of the same pattern in different yarns, which some of them, they did actually have a wee picture of alternative suggestions. And this changed it for me. There's some well-kent faces in there. Hello, lovely Lynn Rowe. And also there is Sashio Ishi. There's patterns for you, your home and your little ones. There's some fun patterns in the Mr. Main and then there's some finger puppets for Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, which were funny. There are some articles to read whilst drinking your cup of tea. The booklet on how to knit and crochet was actually pretty good. It's a good first resource for learners or reference back for others. What I liked was that you can see on the back cover what the patterns in the magazine were. So you're not buying blind, which most magazines kind of make you do these days as they're in cellophane packaging and you can't see what the patterns are. So I like it when they do that. And actually, there's a thing. Wrapping magazines in unrecyclable cellophane and imported acrylic. It's not very environmentally considerate now, is it? There was a tweet out recently about a kid's magazines or comics and most of the toys that you get on them are plastic and for a more environmentally conscious generation you'd think that they would stop that now moving back anyway i like how they're trying to have a half and half crochet and knitting it's like richard with his half and half and his whiskey and his beer there wasn't much new in this though it's very formulaic so you could be picking up any of the supermarket magazines if you're looking for the latest trend and in independent news, then not so much. If you're on holiday and you're, oh no, forgotten your knitting, 
or you wanted just to have it in the caravan, then this would assist you for not chewing off your own arm in frustration. And you wanted something from the pattern book, and you love the Mr. Main, then this would be for you. So that's your crochet and knitting magazine. The swap section. Swap. Now, I thought everybody had their swaps now or had certainly posted them, but sadly, Nora and her partner Julie didn't get theirs, which makes me sad. This is one of the reasons I stopped doing such a regular swap packages, because this does make me sad when this happens. It's totally out with everybody's control, but it's so frustrating. So I think maybe the craft fairy might swoop down. Like the tooth fairy, but giving instead of taking. Probably the next swap I'll host will be the Christmas swap, so we can hang fire till then. But you could maybe carry on sending letters to people, or your swappies over the years. I'm sure you've all kept their addresses. That would be nice. Coming up, coming up, coming up, it's there. Coming up, Perth is 8th and 9th of September, and I'm going to woo Perth. Hi, Pip and Sia. Because you've got to do that for woo Perth. Eva, the organiser, has been Instagramming, who is attending for vending and tutoring and podcasting. And there's some really lovely names on the list with myself, obviously because I'm lovely. I hope to see some of you there. I, from memory, think there's a podcaster meetup, so if I'll be there if you want to come and have a blather. Especially you, Barbara Robson. So, woo, Perth! Loch Ness is the 19th to the 21st October in the Leisure Centre in Inverness. I mentioned it last episode, if you didn't miss it. They're having a charity knit along and it's for Scaboo and Rigmore Inverness. So do go to their Ravelry boards and look at that. Tiam from Canada is coming over by herself, so I hope some of you manage to meet up with her and make her welcome. If you're going by yourself, that might be quite nice to do. The Beaker section. Me, 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 me. Me, me, me section. Well, listeners, it's been a little while, so are you sitting comfortably? Then I shall begin. In Arboreal News by Jennifer Steinglass, Jennifer Steinglass, I'm completely finished. As in, I had cast it off, blocked it, woven ends, tried it on and thought, hmm, I don't like the bottom rib because it's too short and the edge was too tight. That's not my jumper. And I was sitting looking at me going, sort me, sort me, as my willy goods talk to me. But you mean yours don't? do you're just not listening hard enough I hadn't woven in the end for the bottom rib because I wasn't happy with it when I tried it on and I stopped myself from weaving it in sometimes I block and weave and sometimes I weave and block mostly now I block then weave when the bairns were swimming I sat and took a cast off edge which had just been a cast off in pattern which is a one by one rib and it's supposed to be for two inches but I'd gotten bored at one inch and Jennifer Stingas obviously knows what she's talking about because it wasn't long enough. Well, the one inch, it just wasn't long enough and it was rolling back on itself. And then I did the sleeves and it gives it more space just to sit nice and also pull the sort of width of the fabric together a bit more as well. Unpicking and picking up stitches takes a little time. Then I rewound the cake of yarn I'd been using because I wanted to use it from the same end as I had finished. But the cake collapsed on itself and I feel that Wednesdaydale got a direction to knit and this, on the scales of the wool sit one way nicer than the other. Kind of like the way a feather would on a bird or even Buchel's fur being nicer petted one way than the other. I asked on Instagram which is your favourite cast-off age and you all came up with some great suggestions such as Italian tubular cast-off, Jenny's surprisingly straighty bind-off which lovely twin St. Jan suggested. I really want to be her. And if I instead, if you get flair, go down a needle size. Also suggestions for the sewn bind-off. I watched YouTube tutorials on these and then I decided to go with the sewn bind-off. The tubular cast-off looked well, like four more rows. 180 stitches or whatever it was I was just looking somewhere else Jenny's surprisingly stretchy bind off looks awesome but I didn't want the flare and even with the dropping needle size I thought oh, it's going to flare so I went with the sewn and this made me go mm, is there any zero way not sure scrunched up face 
So, because you've got to cut your knitting with approximately three or four times the length of your garment circumference. And you kind of have to make that up. So you're working with that length of yarn on your bodkin needle. I sat and I watched some nature's documentaries, two or three of, it was leopardy. And it took me a few hours, but the edge is just what I want. Firm and stretchy, but not flared. I'm not going to block it again unless it needs washed because I don't think it needs it yet. Mum's tried it on. She really sued it. I was almost said, oh no, you keep it, Mum. I tried it on and it looks proper. I'm not exactly sure proper what. Like, I'm a proper knitter, maybe? I think more than anything, so that proper knitter. <laughs> I used York, West Yorkshire Spinners James Double Knit Wensley Deals in... It's a lot to say. I used West Yorkshire Spinners James in Double Knit Wensley Deal and this is Jasper Red colour and the fabric is light and airy and it has a lovely halo. Although Richard doesn't like me to sit beside him when I'm eating because he says it's hairy. <laughs> it did split a little bit when knitting if you weren't paying attention and it never seemed plump and it looked thinner than DK but it is DK and when it blocked out it bloomed. I'd use this yarn again and I have no hesitation on recommending it to you. There was a slight bleed of red in the water but it didn't transfer onto the neutral and I did use cold water and rinsed it a fair bit too so with a used soak I like to rinse the soak out and just I don't know to me it's got you don't have detergent on your fabric left over, it gets rinsed out. And, well, a sensitive skin, so blah, blah, blah. So, thoughts on the pattern. I used a lot less yarn than she suggested. I've got two full skeins untouched. And I feel that's maybe too much, given a percentage just in case. In monetary value, I could use that elsewhere. So, I'm going to offer this up to my mum. If she wants to knit one, that would be twins. And she'd just have to top up the red yarn. And if she doesn't want it, I'll put it on Ravelry as D-Stash for sale. I bought exactly what the pattern suggested, as I bought from Isla of Brit Yards, but now Dorver Shaper. And she advised me from what the pattern suggested. So take that into consideration if you're going to do this pattern. I like the way... I mean, fair enough. You better to be overcompensated than undercompensated, but I still thought the percentage was a little bit much. I like the look of the finished jumper. The yoke pattern is very elegant and quite modern. She had the sleeves quite wide, which we thought a little odd. And I say we, Naomi, Sarah and Debbie and I were doing this as a sort of knit along. And partly Sarah still needs washed and blocked. <laughs> she just told me today. But her mum's coming up, so her mum will do it probably. Which, her mum's awesome like that. And I think that Naomi might almost be finished hers. I've not seen the other two for being as being the holidays. Um, but we did think that the sleeves were a little wide. But I think that, as I said before, the rib, the two inches of rib, pull it in and it sort of... You've got roomy arms. Maybe I've just got skinny little arms. But there is a good schematic drawing in the pattern and it wasn't just being made up. So this has learned me about reading more and measuring more. I'm not 100% sure now which is the front and back of my jumper. It's not incredibly obvious. <laughs> I'd marked the front but since taken off the stitch marker with it being washed and blocked and then worked on again. So I've had to study to work it out. I'm then going to sew a little something at the back of the neck. Now I like my strong colour choice. This is going to be a great addition to my wardrobe especially in the Christmas months because it's red, white and not only for Christmas month because it doesn't have a Christmas logo on it. I say this pattern is aimed at the intermediate or beginner willing to learn. Uh, some of it wasn't hand-holding as needed for a beginner. Although Debbie is doing amazing. Being a beginner, a beginner stranded work. The emphasis, the emphasis, the emphasis being on the stranded colour work needing to be worked well. So that you're not pulling or it just is going to sit nice. I'm well chuffed with mine and I consider knitting it again in different colours and yarn. I was also knitting away on a vanilla sock using Jelly Bean Yarns by Ashley Major you can get on Etsy. I got this from lovely Shona in my 7 things swap last year and 
You look like you're having a lovely holiday, Shora. I'm enjoying working with this yarn and I'm kind of following the Anne Bod Getting Started Knitting Socks book basic pattern with my Knit Pick Carbons, which I really love, really, really enjoy using. I finished sock one. It fits and I even managed the Kitchener stitch without giving it rabbit ears. It was well done, me. I've not, oh no, I have cast on sock two yesterday. Uh, 64 stitches and I think it's like an inch and a half of rib. I'm maybe going to go to two inches of rib because it seems to fix all known cures. Maybe we should do that for everything. Sore head, two inches of rib. Stubbed your toe, two inches of rib. Can't be bothered like this, two inches of rib. Okay, moving on. Breathing space by Vera Valamaki. I cast mine on. I think I told you this before. I have drama on this. <laughs> Podcast fodder. So I'm using Mode Knits yarn and dark charcoal and light grey, which were presents from the very, very kind Twin City Ellen and lovely, lovely Turbo Gal Lisa. I gotten past... Oh, Twin City Ellen, I like your frogs. Are they in your house or are you somewhere else just now? Or do you get frogs like that? That's awesome. I'd gotten past the twisted rib of the neck, which is only seven rows, to be fair, and was on the start, which... Uh, and then I was on the start of set of short row, and I'm okay with short rows. What I'm not okay was picking up the twisted rib collar with two rows to go when I was on five rows, forgetting it's twisted rib and just doing rib, not noticing, then taking it back a row and missing a row, and there's a definite row that's different. Row, row, row your boat, not gently down the stream. <laughs> then knitting went even worse. So last weekend I had a virus thing. You might still hear it in my voice a little bit. I'm normally deeper and lovelier than this. And I started running again, so... But I couldn't concentrate properly and I kept making counting mistakes. I maybe would suggest that sitting all afternoon with Isla, who's on her way to Orkney, and me talking might have been part of it too. But that would not be the truth at all, as she was most helpful in her wisdom of make one right and make one left, because I'd been doing that wrong before she appeared, and in the end I decided to take it out completely. I was just going to take it back to the bottom of the collar and then looked at the collar and that's when I realised that I had done uh, one of the middle rows completely wrong and I just thought, bah. I have left it to rest until I was mentally ready to cast it back on. But I don't think it's going to be ready for September. However, uh, Louise has other plans now so we'll maybe just do it in tandem somehow because I'm knitting it along with Knit British Louise. Well, rather... I'm not knitting it along with Knit British Louise's and she's probably finished hers by now and mine's is not yet being cast on. So in the meantime, I was looking at shrug patterns for Daisy because I have some Surdor Buffle that would make her a nice cosy shrug. It's a bulky yarn and should knit up quite quickly. And Sandy wants socks because it was pointed out that if Daisy gets something, Sandy needs something. In crochet news, I made quite a few dishcloths on my holidays. I had some sugars and cream cotton sent to me in a swap years ago, and that's all done now. Well, not quite done. I gave a couple away as gifts for our friends that we stayed with on our holidays. I had just been doing a double and a treble combination square, um, and then thought I'd try a mitred square from a pattern I downloaded. But, well, copious amounts of wine drunk when I was in the tent because tent camping means wine to me and I ended up more of a rhomboid <laughs> weird shape but I made another cot to compensate and Angela will now laugh at me at every time she uses it and that is the whole idea Angela honest it is and I was on the ferry then and I was very sober when I did the second one so it's very straight I've made me one now and I've got one more half finished because my own clothes were looking quite tired I've finished another checkbox cowl by Twinsy Aelin using the indigo dyed alpaca that I dyed at the retreat the indigo is running and it needs set and I did indeed look up how to fix this and the wonderful Countess of Blaze has an explanation and instruction on what to do I need a pan that I will never use again for food and the so the cowl is languishing. I thought it was upstairs, but it's actually downstairs. I found it tonight. I have a chip pan that I've not used in absolute years. But you know what? 
Once it's gone, it's gone. And I haven't quite brought myself to use it. Plus, I'm not quite sure if it would be clean enough and not have a greasy residue. So I'll maybe have a mooch about the charity shops as it'll come in handy again when I'm indigo dyeing because I still got another a little bit amount left over to use up from the retreat. So speaking of the retreat, I haven't quite decided yet if I want to host next year's retreat yet. To be honest, I've not really thought about it much being away on holidays and I thought I'd ask you if you're interested and seeing what answers I get on to how enthusiastic I get. In one way, I can't stand the thought of not seeing the regulars, but practical Louise thinks that she needs something new to bring to the table, and this has not presented itself yet in Louise's head. That's me talking about me and the third person there. Between us, we could make this decision. It won't be the same as this year, is all I would suggest. Now, I'm not ruling it out, but I've not booked it yet. So let me know your thoughts. So I'll make the decision by September one way or the other. So obviously you'll be wanting to fill up your diaries and send me money for deposits, etc, etc. In sewing news, there has been no sewing. <laughs> I don't know why I'm telling you. But I did tidy up my material bags and bags of material. And whilst you might think that they are still messy, if you saw it, which note that there's never any pictures of that area in my Instagram feed, I have a better idea of where I've put stuff. Except the industrial strength Velcro. I'd quite like to know where I've put that. We need it for the caravan. <laughs> I did find the fabric that my mother-in-law gave me at Christmas, which is why I started tidying up in the first place. Turns out it was a charm pack and not a jelly roll, which is what I thought it was. However, it's been too dry, too dry, to be inside... It's me like them books. The the Burns used to have books and it's that's not my teddy, it's too big. So every time I see something with two in front of it, that's what I think of. However, it's been too dry to be inside and sew, so I've not had the inclination to be on the sewing machine anyway. I have been cross-stitching though. We have a relation who's moved house and over the years she's cross-stitched us new home cards and I wanted to do the same for her. I had a great rummage in my cross-stitch magazines and found a fridge magnet kit. So whilst we were waiting on the ferry to go to Ireland, I took it out. I had organised Daisy a Tinkerbell kit and she cast on 40 stitches and stoked. And then Sandy says, can I do a sh get a shot? And I says, yeah. So I set him on the right end because it gives you progress straight away. And well, this is what my children need for craft. Progress straight away. He stitched on the home sweet home and started an edge, but then we were called to the enormous Stenoline Ferry, complete with cinema area and gaming zones. Cross-stitch was completely dumped by them. I had great peace and quiet <laughs> as they roamed over the ship. Over the week, I finished a wee house and it has gone off to our relation. It was quite nice. I think I took a photograph of it for you. Whilst I was rummaging, I found many kits that I have yet to do. <laughs> I suppose it's like looking in your yarn stash. One is a blackwork pattern for the Cape Wrath Lighthouse. I like lighthouses and their history anyway, but now I've been up to that lighthouse as part of the team Marathon and me, it makes it more personable to me. So I want to cast that on next. I have a hoop ready and I just need to iron it. I have two blackwork books and the kit came with suggestions of pattern for filling the area which is printed onto the Ada fabric somehow. It might even have been drawn on or traced on which, if it has, is a wonderful way of sewing landscapes or monuments. So I'll see how we get on with this. I've got to iron it first and that's kind of what I've been... Oh, I don't want to put the iron on because I'll be up here doing other stuff then. I've always liked black and white drawing and blackwork but I've never really done any so I'm quite looking forward to doing this. It makes me smile. Speaking of smiling, hi Tanya, I'm smiling at you. Right everyone, it's Smile at Tanya from TJ Frog section. Everyone smile at Tanya. Not in a creepy way, mind. She's just some that when you meet her, you smile. Like Catherine Limer. If they came into your caravan or on the train, you'd be putting your hand on going, Sit here with me, Catherine Limer and Tanya. Tour de France has finished. World Cup has finished. So I'm sad and I have to think about Tanya to make me smile. In Library Corner, I got out the library 
Mad Blood Stirring by Simon Mayo. This is his adult book and it is about 1812 and the war between Britain and America is finished and it's about some prisoners of war who've been taken to Dartmoor prison and how they get on it's really interesting and so a good read so I'd recommend that I probably think it's going to be made into a film um, just going because I listened to his podcast well I listened to him being radio interviewed about this book as well so it was quite a quick read also got out the library all Daisy did knit your own dolls Fiona Goble and you knit your main dolly and then you knit all the different yeah there was at least 30 they've got French Louise Sportswear Sam Sophia Loves Science Bob the Baker and his cake he had knit his cake too Rainbow Bella this is the one that's got a unicorn Finley the Fox Ballerina Katarina Mermaid Marion Bedtime Billy and his little daddy etc etc there was what I liked about it was she had made it with and it's not just pink skin there was all sorts of colours of skin and boys and girls and different ethnicities were represented in this so well done Fiona I have uh, one of her other books or I've actually reviewed a couple of her books before so I think she's done it again and if you were into making dolls for your dolly in your life or for yourself then it's certainly worth getting to the library and if you're into that kind of thing get it right blah 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 section thank you very much for listening I appreciate you taking the time to download and listen to me I would like to add especially for this episode all the opinions are mine I do occasionally get facts wrong but I try not to and I don't do it on purpose I'm not being argumentative I'm stating my case I expect that you've got your own opinions but what I will not tolerate is any cyberbullying one way or the other so you can take it as you wish or you can stop listening it's up to you it's been nice or we could just carry on and my email is kathenscraftcollective at gmail.com I'm on Ravelry at Louise Hunt the group's Craft Collective in there Etsy, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram Facebook as Craft. not that I use Facebook very much and you get the podcast from the Podbean site as www.kathenscraftcollective.podbean.com do you know what? I put the music back in. I loved it last episode, so we've got it back again. This is the school children singing over the ord. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you listening and keep on crafting. Come on,